I'm Ashley. And I'm Alicia. And we are Murd Nerds. Welcome back to another episode of the cheesiest podcast on the air, Curd Nerds. If this is your first time listening to us, don't worry. I'll fill in the holes on what goes on here. Oh my God. That was good. (laughs) Each week, either myself or my soul swister, Ashley, cover a story about the ooziest, gooeyest, or downright most delicious dairy products that your heart and your stomach can handle. At the end of the hour, we give our opinions and try to have a great discussion about what we talked about. If you can remember, we usually start off each episode with a Gouda question just to get our gears moving. So pop a lactate and get ready. All right, you guys ready? I just want (laughs) to thank the viewers for all the recommendations on all the places to go to pick up some delicious smoked Gouda. It's one of my all-time favorites, and I just want to thank our listeners for all the recommendations. Thank you. I love you. I think he's ready. Uh, So this week's question is, what is your favorite cheesy dish? I know it's hard to pick just one, but if you had to. Mm. Mine is cheddar and broccoli soup. She didn't even miss a beat. (laughs) I'm going first. So good. That's, you know what? That's not mine this week. (gasps) Alicia and I have been on the same. I do love cheddar broccoli soup. Like I get down with that. But the first thing that came to my head was spinach and artichoke dip. Oh, yeah. Like I a hot with that. spinach. Yeah. Mm. Jay. Mm, that sounds good. In my second home of Kansas City, there is a barbecue restaurant called Jack Stack. Nice. Mm-hmm. You've talked and about them. Jack Stack is absolutely amazing. One of their sides is cheesy corn. And it oh, is absolutely corn. delicious. Oh, it was so good. I had to fight Gunner one night for what was left of it. Who won? Gunner. Aw, <laughs> oh, Gunner. I had barbecue the other day, too. So good. That's not cheese. We're here to talk about cheese. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, today I'll be sharing one of the most unbelievable stories within American history. Our older listeners may know all about this, but for us younger folks, this one be hard to wrap your head around. But you cheddar believe it. The cows I milked to get this deliciously rich story were the YouTube channel Mega Projects, historianandrew.medium.com, and SFHSOL, or wait, <laughs> SFH. <laughs> collegeprep.org so it's sure I, <laughs> she said S-F-H-C-O-L <laughs> going for it I'm going for just it just the whole thing where did you bring the pom poms from <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure it's no shock to anyone that cheese itself is a very American thing during the great depression dairy was one of the mo- the best ways to keep yourself fed and properly sustained health-wise so refrigerators weren't as readily available as they are today obviously so keeping a cow on your land was easy and direct from the source plus it was extremely cheap when many immigrants came into the united states they were often poor and struggling so once they found out about how popular dairy was here they 
fell in love. Not only was it yummy, but they could often afford it, and it was the cheapest and easiest way to get your daily source of protein. Thus began the United States' obsession with cheese and literally drowning every food imaginable in it. It's estimated that each American consumes an average of 40 pounds of cheese a year. Jesus. (laughs) Cheese and rice. That's a lot of cheese. It's a lot of cheese. To begin our journey about one of the most wild stories in the United States and within our history that Jesus himself couldn't even make up. Hold up. up. That's like three pounds a month. Yeah. That's a lot of cheese. Freaking cheese. I do not eat that much cheese. I don't don't either. I was just trying to contemplate last time I actually had cheese. Well, I had a cheeseburger today. But, like, I don't, like... I can eat a salad without cheese. Like, I don't add cheese to, like, my soup when I go to the Carabas or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I don't need it that much. Not, I not 40 how, pounds I, a year. I wonder how much is in the things that we don't think about, like a cheeseburger. You don't really think about, there's cheese on it. I mean, you do, but you don't. Mm-hmm. And then that adds up. Mm-hmm. Some of that Velveeta is pretty heavy. Velveeta is not real cheese though It's just a uh, cheese product So it's just like So it doesn't count It's like flavored jelly basically <laughs> We're going to talk about Velveeta okay. Oh <clears throat> So um, Let's travel back in time Again? Yeah I really like implementing the time machine on this podcast So Anyways buckle up Beep boop beep boop Beep boop beep boop boop Jeremy go ahead and put in some time traveling facts I know you love when I ask you to put in facts <laughs> How far back are we going? Uh, 1949. Oh, it's not very far. Okay, here we go. Serve her up. <laughs> back in 1949, the USDA decided to implement a new law. This law was called the 1949 Dairy Product Price Support Program. Really rolls off the tongue, right? This law meant that if and when milk prices began to plummet, the United States government would buy bulk milk in shelf-stable forms. So this allowed the dairy farms to keep in production and not bottom out, which would cause layoffs, farm closings, and businesses ending. In turn, this would help keep the economy going until it could get back onto its feet. So um, when the milk prices stabilized again and people were buying milk once more at decent prices, the government would start selling off its surplus slowly. Classically, milk is one of the most unstable foods around, but it can be converted into many different forms to help with shelf stability. Dry milk powder, evaporated milk, ultra-high temperature pasteurized milk, sweetened condensed milk, hard cheeses, all of these are slow to spoil or hold a very long shelf life. And also, I really like the show Adam ruins everything oh me too and he talked he was talking about expiration dates and he's like even the expiration date on milk even if your milk smells sour and it's technically bad you can still drink it ew but why would you want to yeah because when you think about it really though you know bad bad milk quote-unquote is just cheese the yeah the in between with cheese yeah yeah, but you know, when they put that date on the side of that carton, my mind goes, if it's past that nope. date, I'm not drinking See, it. See, I, I don't do that. I'm very, I'll smell it, I'll look at it. If it has, you know how it sometimes gets that like opaque like separation on the yeah. top? 
if I see that, I'm like, oh, I can't drink that. But if it's if it's like half full and it's only like four or five days past the date and I smell it and taste it and it's fine, I'm fucking drinking it. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, milk is pasteurized, so it's been heated. All the impurities have been taken out of it. So it's not going to make yeah. you get sick. Until it starts to like fucking coagulate. Even then. I knew a I knew a it's woman. It's just a different form. I knew a woman that used to like to take milk baths. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she'd fill her tub up, and I asked her, I said, "Is it pasteurized?" And she's no, just up to my tits. Didn't you? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I was. You're ready welcome. For that. <laughs> Didn't you get pictures taken in a milk bath once? Yeah, we used dry, dried powdered milk. Jessica mm-hmm. and I did. We did our maternity photos. Mm-hmm. Lovely. And then, like babies, you can give them milk baths and breast milk. Yeah, and if you get a sunburn, you put it's milk all over milk. your body. Have or you ever tasted breast milk? milk? I think. Yes. No, I haven't. Yes, I have. It's like cereal milk, like Frosted Flakes milk. God, yeah, it's I heard straight it's really from sweet. the source. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the story. So the U.S. government took most of the dairy that they bought from dairy farmers and they converted it into long-time shelf-safe cheese but what happens when you end up with millions of extra pounds of cheese every year i'm gonna tell you okay by the 1970s the united states ended up with one million metric tons of dairy products although the price support program had good intent and was great for farmers it didn't really work well in real life so the only thing that they really did was keep the dairy production flowing not stabilizing it at all. The market was literally flooded with cheese and cheese mm-hmm. products at cheap cost. And the United States was left with all this extra dairy, cheese, and butter, more than they knew what to do with. Yeah, don't give it to homeless, starving people. It took about 20 <laughs> years for the USDA to say, well, shit, what do we do with all of this? Because they were running out of places to store all of it. So they started storing it in underground caves, specifically in the good old state of Missouri. An anonymous official within the USDA made a comment to the Washington Post in 1981 that said, we've looked and looked at ways to deal with this, and the distribution problems are incredible. You can't permit a disruption of sales. Probably the cheapest and most practical thing that we could do is dump it in the ocean. So... Hmm. The intent was great, but since they had unnaturally disrupted the chain of sales, it's caused a huge problem which would lead to even bigger problems. They couldn't just give every U.S. citizen a bunch of cheese. It would cost the dairy farms to literally and completely tank. So by 1984, the problem grew even worse than it had been. And it was estimated that for every man, woman, and child within the United States, there were five pounds of cheese. (gasps) Yep. And all that cheese was just hanging out in caves. Oh, my God. That is crazy. To make matters even worse, no one had documented when the cheese was placed in these caves. So although specific kinds of cheese has a great shelf life, it doesn't last forever. So thousands and thousands of tons of cheese just started rotting away underground. And this also was brought to the attention of the president at the time, Ronald Reagan. A council representative of the Reagan administration brought in a wheel of rotting cheese to the White House press room. He stated that the United States was experiencing a experiencing a cheese emergency that needed to be dealt with. (laughs) So they began giving large blocks of cheese to low-income families, people on assistance programs, and the elderly. This was an easy, cheesy way to get rid of that cheese. Thus, the term 
government cheese was born. Oh, look at you. Mm-hmm. Connecting dots. But alas, this was not enough to push out the huge surplus that they had taken on. So they pushed even further. They started giving the cheese away to public facilities, hospitals, nursing homes, schools, prisons, food pantries, even military bases were getting government cheese. Everyone who was available was getting some kind of cheese dropped off to them. They were even hosting cheese giveaways all over America in hopes to just slice into the surplus a little bit. Like a whole event. Yep. But still, they could not get rid of it fast enough. And they were in the grips of a catastrophe cheese. I know that one was a stretch. (laughs) (laughs) By the 1990s, the government decided that the best course of action was to start going right to the American heart and soul. Fast food. They started making deals with big corporations like Yum, who famously owns Taco Bell. And if they made a deal when it came to them buying bulk cheese orders, they would increase the ch- that would increase the chances that cheese came up on their menus. And honestly, think about fast food restaurants. Most, if not all, of their foods contain some form of cheese. Mm-hmm. There were cheese campaigns wanting people to consume more cheese. Remember Got Milk? Remember that campaign? <gasps> that was all... Oh, my God. They're like Olympians and mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. That's crazy. Yep. They also changed the food pyramid a little bit and started allowing people to have more cheese products and dairy products than they should. Oh, my God. Yep. What scientists are signing off on this shit? It's not the scientists. <laughs> but forcing the cheese down everyone's throats came with a huge problem. Constipation. So- Obesity. (laughs) I'm the first person to say it. I love cheese and I love dairy and I don't think there's anything as wonderful as a cold glass of milk. You were the first person to say that? Yeah, I'll be the first person. Fuck yeah. But cow milk is meant to grow a one ton cow, not feed humans regularly. So pumping all this cheese into the population just led to everyone packing on pounds and probably getting super constipated. See, See, told you. (laughs) Within seven years of pushing the population to consume more cheese, the obesity rate grew by 6% within seven years. Quite a hike. Yeah. Nowadays, there is much a cheese crisis like there once was. A crisis? Crisis. 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 There's not a crisis. Sorry. With the help of private food businesses buying it in bulk, they're easily able to get rid of it. But there is still a pretty large surplus. The Great Reserve, clocking in at a whopping 1.2 billion pounds, is distributed in 150 different warehouses among 35 states. But the biggest storage facility is within Missouri. Subtropolis, where the cheese is stored, is a 55 million square foot complex that spans 1,100 acres right next to the Mississippi River in Kansas City, Missouri. The facility was dug into a limestone rock and lies 160 feet below the city. As passages through and around roughly um, 16 feet high and 40 feet wide. So there's about 7 million feet that are actually occupied that's what that place was. <laughs> For perspective, this facility could house 120 football fields, and the ceilings are just slightly shorter than a two-story building. 
it employs 107 employees who not only help with the cheese, um, they also store film reels, among other things, with lots of room to expand. Someone has to pay to run this place, though, right? (laughs) Want to know where your hard-earned tax dollars go? The facility costs the U.S. government, a.k.a. the U.S. population, a cool $1 million a day. <gasps> a day? A day. What if they have any job openings? <laughs> now, surely you're gasping at that figure, right? Want to add some insult to injury? No. <laughs> the government keeps the place pretty hush-hush, so no official documents of how much cheese is in the facility are available. All that is truly known about the cheese is that it is USDA grade A premium cheddar cheese. All of the cheese is preserved. So think Kraft Singles or It's all cheddar? Mm -hmm. So, Ash and Jay, how full are you feeling from all that information? Are you a little bloated? Why would it matter how much cheese is in there? Why are they being weird about it? And why is it all cheddar? So many questions. Do you suppose Jack Stack gets their cheese for their cheesy corn there? Maybe. <gasps> I want to go visit and take a tour. <laughs> yeah. Do the, oh, they, do they definitely don't allow tours if they don't even write on paper how much cheese they I have. don't think. Sample. I don't think. <clears throat> you can. When you had mentioned Cheese Cave, I thought it was going to be like a tourist attraction thing. Yeah. God, where did you, how did you find that? I heard it at one time, and then when we decided to do curtains, I went, cheese cave. (laughs) Stored that for. (laughs) That's a a cheesy nugget she held onto there. A cheesy nugget. That's madness. Mad Swiss. Mad Swiss. (laughs) I really like Soul Swister. (laughs) Hey, Soul Swister. Um, okay, so we're going to take a little ad break real quick, and then we'll jump right into Ashley's Curd Nerd episode. All right, welcome back to our installment of Curd Nerds. Um, Alicia, that was just astounding. <laughs> I got to commend you on that story. I was not expecting that at all. Thank you. Um, I went a little bit of a different and more predictable direction with this one. Um, But let's start off with my question. I wrote a question for this one. So what is the most off the wall thing you have ever eaten or like if you just tasted it, eaten or tasted? Mine was uh, Alicia's arm meat. It was gross. (laughs) That's why the other week when you said that, I was like, oh, man. I uh, I didn't think it was bad. I mean, you know, the arm was nice and tender. She cooked it extremely well. And, Thank you. And, uh, yeah, I was proud to be there. And after that run, man, you know. Nice salty. Yeah. The potatoes were cooked well, too. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I'm they not were. a carrot guy, so I didn't need that. What was the actual fucking okay. question? <laughs> we're done with that. Um, <laughs> what is the most off-the-wall thing you have ever eaten or tasted? Probably alligator. Ooh, was that in um, FF, not FFA, Jesus, um, ag, agriculture class? Nope, I didn't take ag. Oh, you didn't? Mm-mm. Lucky. I did it in my on my own free will. Actually, ag wasn't that bad, but. Shout out to the ag teacher. Yeah, we got to try um, like ostrich, alligator, kangaroo, I think, like all kinds of crazy shit. Uh, I was going to go. Um, I did do alligator when I was in Chicago the last time for the taste of Chicago. 
Mm. They had a they had oh a gosh. um a food truck there that did alligator bites or whatever. Uh, but I I have done ostrich. I've accidentally eaten bugs before. Well, I've done that too. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. they had a booth for that too, and we ate some different bugs. But I could never. Oh, one time. So I don't know if you've ever heard of is it zebra sprinkles? Zebra cakes? No, zebra sprinkles. <laughs> it's not food, which I didn't know at the time. Um, it looks like little candies, and so I dumped some in my hand and popped them in my mouth. Pink zebra? Yes. They, it's wax melt beads. <laughs> my mom was like, what are you doing? It's an MLM. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, she bought like two like little glass jars. Don't they look like little candies or sprinkles or something? That was interesting. I bet. I don't know. I've, there's one thing coming to mind I can't say on air. Oh, yeah. Like this <laughs> Like this podcast say, ever holds back. <laughs> Seriously. He can bleep it. <laughs> wow. I was not that. expecting that. Please bleep that. <laughs> <laughs> My teacher listens to this podcast. <laughs> never, never have I, uh, never have I ever tried that ever, ever. Ashley, <laughs> I think if I answer, it'll be very <laughs> obvious what we're talking about. <laughs> oh, uh, the man. mysteries of the podcast. <laughs> the beep. What was behind the beep? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jerry. It was an ish. She just needed to scratch. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, uh, okay. So we're gonna switch gears from government cheese to luxury cheese. Yay. Um, I decided I wanted to tell you guys about the most expensive cheese in the world. I'm excited to hear about it. Me too. Now, I know we're not like crazy connoisseurs of cheese, but do you guys... Oh, wait. I already told you, didn't I? The name? Do you remember? Nope. I had never heard of it. Do you eat a lot of different like weird cheeses? I don't eat a lot of different cheeses. I mean... uh I like. I really, really, really like a nice smoked cheddar. I would eat that if you put a block of that. I'd probably eat the whole damn thing. Yeah, that's good stuff. Um, like a white, a smoked white cheddar. Yeah. Ugh, naughty. But there's a place in there's a place outside of your hometown that uh, has an amazing mm. assortment of uh, right, and it's so cheap. Yeah. I love going there to buy cheese. Yep. And they have all different kinds of pepper cheese. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Oh, I like pepper God. jack cheese too a mm-hmm. lot. So. Okay. I like just mozzarella, like string cheese. Mm-hmm. I like just string cheese. <laughs> Easy to please. No, no string cheese is cheese. great. And, you know, a l- every once in a while, I like a little goat cheese, or the you know, that you get uh, at the, like the gyro places. They'll throw mm-hmm. the cheese in there. Mm. The feta cheese? Is that what it is? I thought it was more like a goat cheese, but yeah. It's feta, feta might be goat cheese. I don't know. I don't even. I don't even. This know. is curd nerds. We should know this. God damn us! I know. Gosh, every week we talk about cheese, cheese, cheese. <laughs> I didn't even. Jesus mean to do Christ! That. <laughs> <clears throat> so the most expensive cheese in the world is pule cheese. I hope that's how you pronounce it. I should have probably had Google 
tell me, but whatever. Fuck it. We'll wing it. Uh, Pule cheese or Magarsi sear, which is, I'm guessing, the Serbian translation. Oh, it's Magarsi. Serbian. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, it is a soft but crumbly smoked cheese that is white in color mm. and rich in flavor. <laughs> it hails from Serbia, uh, more specifically Zas... <laughs> God damn it. I knew I was going to mess this up. <clears throat> Zasparilla B. Now I'm really going to mess it up. <clears throat> Zasavika? Okay. I believe Zasavica? you. Zasavika? Zasavika. That sounds better, doesn't it? I believe you. Either way. Um, fun fact. Zasavica is known for a seven square mile bird watching hot spot. <gasps> that was almost like a growl. That was like a purr. <gasps> Birds, purrs. <laughs> Curds. Turds. Okay. Now, I know we are supposed to be the pros. The cheese pros. But I can't even... Fake this. I've heard of goat cheese, cow cheese, ear cheese, and thanks to your daughter, whale cheese has been on my mind lately. How about Fomunda? Fomunda uh, cheese. I've heard of that too. Uh, but Puel comes from donkeys. Huh. And more specifically, um, a Balkan donkey. What the fuck is that? <laughs> it's a breed of donkey. Um, it seems like it's kind a breed. Of, oh, it seems kind of inappropriate, like horse cheese kind. You know what I mean? Seems odd. Is there pig cheese? Like what? I what, feel like where anything, do we draw the line? Anything that lactates can create a cheese. Correct. But where's the line? I don't know. I guess it's not that far off base since ingesting animal products in general is just kind of weird it's just normal in society if you really think about it it's kind of weird uh donkey milk has what do they make a breast milk cheese you can i watched a lady on tiktok do it it takes a lot of breast milk yeah i would oh i would imagine it would take a take quite a bit but yeah but a lady a lady on tiktok did it interesting shout out to her i don't know what her shout out to you lady on tiktok (laughs) doing your breast milk cheese doing the lord's work but um, donkey milk has 60 times more vitamin C than that of milk from a cow. Wow. Right. What is vi- what is cow milk? Is that more uh, D? D. Right? Mm-hmm. Sure. I was thinking I was thinking D, but A. I'm always thinking about D. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, I forgot to list my sources. So We've got Wikipedia, duh. Cheese.com, duh. <laughs> it's cheese.com, duh, right? Um, I've got the Factory Farming Coalition website, which is FFACoalition.com. It's duh. a doozy, but you should check it. Yeah, duh. <clears throat> I like the ethically sourced cheese information yes I just, I just can't imagine what your browser history looks like cheese.com dutch cheese you know what porn. i thought about that the other day <laughs> if you look up like my google search history it's 
quite sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite sad. Um, businessinsider.com, I used an article from there. And then I used thecheeseatlas.com. Now, that's wow. a really cool website. You have a lot of sources. And I feel like I didn't. Yeah, but see, I you feel... present your information in a digestible way, and I don't. So I think we even each other out. Digestible. Yes. Unlike cheese. <laughs> oh, how did we decide we were pronouncing that? Zasavakia? No. Yeah, sure. Zasavika? Zasavakia? Zasavika? Serbia. If we have any Serbian listeners, could you please phonetically spell that out? So ridiculous. Anyway, that town in Serbia (laughs) or region is home to a special nature reserve founded about 25 years ago. Within that nature reserve is a donkey farm. The Balkan donkey is endangered, uh, but the farm or sanctuary, because they are trying to preserve the species, um, houses about 250 of these donkeys. Another fun fact, female donkeys are called jennies. Did you know that? Oh, which reminded me. I was going to tell you that a female cat, you know, a male is called a tom. Mm-hmm. You want to know what a female is called? Um, What's the most basic name? Besides, like... Karen? No. <laughs> um, Tom and Deb. Molly. Molly. Tom and Molly. Hmm. Interesting. I think. That might be a bunny. <laughs> no, they're called does. I think it's a cat. A female cat is called a Molly. Yeah, because I was going to say... That, never mind. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Out of the two... <laughs> Out of the 250 donkeys um, in the sanctuary, um, only around 20 female donkeys, so Jennies, are producing milk at any given time. Um, When they are, they get hand milked three times daily for about six months. They usually produce for about six months. Have you ever seen a donkey with tits? Teats. I mean... Like I've never even seen a horse nipples. with a teat. I don't really, I've never been up close and personal with a donkey. Or like any kind of, like, equestria, equestrian. No. I've never seen a, a horse booby or a donkey booby or a zebra booby. You mean just nipple booby? Booby. Yeah, they, they wouldn't necessarily have to have boobs, just the nipple, right? Yeah, but the cows have boobs. Cows have, they have others. <laughs> they have one boob with lots of nipples. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine that. But like a cat doesn't have boobs. It has... Yeah, but they're when they get milk in their teats, it looks like a boob. It just looks like a lot of boobs. Or like a dog. But yeah, a dog, like they get like the milk little, production. There's some swelling there. Yeah, yeah, with yeah. Them. yeah. Yeah, they get a little, little, uh, what's it called? <laughs> I have Gross. never spent any time looking at the in an underside of a horse or a donkey. Ever. <laughs> well, now I'm curious. Do they get, like, engulfed with milk? And, like, do they get boobies on their teats? I don't know. Why don't you goog that? I'm going to give it a goog. Give it a goog. I'm going to keep going in the meantime. You let me know. Do that. Um, okay. So, this is the one and 
only place that produces this cheese. Not only is Puel the one of the rarest cheeses, I'm sorry, one of the most expensive cheeses, it is also the rarest. The Donkey Reserve unloads the cheese at 1,000 pounds per kilo, kilogram. Um, I'm not going to explain all of the maths because it included three different currencies, the metric and U.S. systems of measurement. So there was a lot of conversions. Um, but basically, Puel is about $600 American U.S. dollars a pound. They just have nipples. There's no like, like boop. It's just nipples. All nipple, no boob. <laughs> you guys choose to do this podcast with me. Oh, like, no. gosh. Every... And you listeners are choosing to listen to the dumb shit that comes out of my mouth. Congratulations. All right. Okay, it takes over 25 liters of the donkey milk to produce a half a pound of Puel. Your average donkey produces about one liter of milk per day compared to a cow's 28 liters per day. So you can imagine it takes tons of donkeys and many months to produce. Um, I was going to do a few more cow-donkey comparisons, but I just began to like want to start writing about like the cruelty and factory dairy farming, so I had to stop. Um, I read a sentence um, on the FFACoalition.com and it says, quote, cows used for high production are allowed to live on average less than three years. Allowed to live. Wow. Yeah. And then they're slaughtered. Crazy. And then you have hamburger. Shut up. Filet mignon. (laughs) Brisket. God, it's so good. Am I wrong? So good. Am I wrong? Um, okay. So, Puel is actually 60% donkey milk and 40% goat's milk. And technically, anybody could make it because you could use a different type of donkey. But the founder of this sanctuary... <clears throat> Um, along with his milk expert, have formulated, it's a thing, I know, have formulated a recipe that other milk experts have repeatedly tried and failed to recreate to make Puel. Um, The founder uses the cheese, oh, (laughs) profits. I was thinking like profit, like psychic almost. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Uh, he uses the cheese profits to fund the sanctuary. And keep, that's all I can picture now. <laughs> and keep the Balkan donkey from going extinct. So now that we know where Puel comes from, let's discuss where and how you should indulge in this sought-after cheese. Short answer for our U.S. listeners, since making it has proven to be impossible even for an expert in milk. Um, The answer is smuggling it into the country (laughs) illegally. Um, I'm pretty sure most, if not all, of raw cheeses and milk are illegal, aren't they? Raw honey, I think it's all illegal. Black market shit. Raw honey, I don't think is illegal. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's dairy products. Because of the 
the microbe. Because you, yeah, because you can get sick. It's basically to control disease. Microbiome. Microbe. Hmm. Germs bad. <laughs> Bacteria bad. Um, but I think you can pop up to Canada and get your hands on Ooh. a lot of raw dairy products. But as for Puel, I'm not so sure. The sanctuary is so small and I'm unsure like how they transport the cheese. But if you find yourself bird watching in Serbia, <laughs> <laughs> pop into the sanctuary and pick yourself up some Puel. You must order ahead as Puel is only made to order. Mm. And if and when you get your stinky treat, <laughs> it is said to pair well with a glass of locally made rakia, which is the national drink of Serbia. <clears throat> rakia is a collective term for like fruit fermented spirits, basically. Wine. Uh, yeah, but it's like 40 percent, like 40 percent alcohol. Hmm. So it's like liquor. Yeah, it's like basically like jail liquor. But I don't even know her. You stepped on that one. Yeah, you stepped on that one. I did. I did. Oh, God. Um, Okay, let me find my spot again. I'm sorry. So what I've learned here is donkeys don't have boobs. And in the United States, you can't raw dog some dairy. Raw dog. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be scary unless you, like, trust someone that's doing that process. You know, as far as milk, like keeping everything sanitary, I don't think I'd want to drink raw milk. I'd probably eat raw cheese, though. Mm. <laughs> I love cheese. Hence why you're doing a podcast about cheese. I know. Um, okay. I could call you a curd nerd. <laughs> you some, wouldn't dare. Some would call you a curd nerd. <laughs> Uh, Puel also pairs well with black Turkish coffee. What? Yes. And if you are feeling frisky, you can make a charcuterie board of sorts with your Puel. And you can add some locally cured meats from Serbia, like Mangelica sausage or speck, which is a lightly smoked hand um, similar to prosciutto. I think Prosciutto is saltier, though, because it's, I don't know. I think it's saltier. I love prosciutto. I i don't like it that much. I no? don't know. Yeah, is I don't it because it's got a little too fatty? No, it's the flavor. I, I, I just don't dig it. I don't really like bacon that much either, though. And they're kind of, I feel like they're kind of similar. I know. Oh, my. I like it in God. things, but I don't like to just eat bacon. It's Happier weird. listeners just I don't fell like bacon off. either. Yeah. I like turkey bacon. And I love summer sausage. I love that's the summer you're going. Such, are you hungry? Or you're going in a direction here. All I know is is that we need to give Pruel a shot. Pruel, Pruel. <laughs> that is that your last one? No. Okay. Absolutely. God not. no! You know it's not. <laughs> I'm on a roll. <gasps> <laughs> okay. Final thought. If you're excited at the prospect of trying this cheese, you might be shit out of luck by now. Serbian, uh, actually, I think he's the number one Serbian tennis player, uh, Novak. <laughs> God damn it. Does 
just Novak. Dajakovic. That's pretty good. Uh, said he was going to purchase all of the pool being produced to put it into his restaurants across Serbia. Whether or not that has happened, I do not know. I am poor. Monetarily and researcherly. So I, do, I don't know if he did that or not. I also couldn't figure out how to like try to place an order at the sanctuary. So, hmm. Wait, can you get it delivered? Well, not here because it's illegal. If you oh. go to Serbia. Yeah. Yes. So, okay. He's booking a plane ticket as we speak. Yeah. I, now I just want to try it. I know, I do too. I was like riding this, eating a mozzarella stick like, <laughs> what is this crap? <laughs> what is this government cheese? Seriously, peasant shit. I remember government cheese. I remember it being actually really good. It was said, good. It's, you said it. it's USDA grade A premium cheddar cheese, so to, obviously it's good. You just had to slice off the mold. It was good. Craft American Singles, though, that's just a cheese product. It's not cheese. Because it's ultra-pasteurized. Ultra-pasteurized. I'll take Craft Singles, though, over the cheap slices. Oh, for oh, sure. Those are absolutely horrible. That's plastic. That's yeah. at least 90%. I think Craft's pretty close, too. But, yeah, the the off-brand is, like, it's, like, even the color, it's, like, like a weird color. It's too light. I don't care how broke you are. It's like they don't took cheese-colored paint and mixed it with white a little bit. <laughs> And it's the weird. You're color. thinking way too hard on this. I yeah, I don't like it. Um, that that's it. That's all I got. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I want to try it. I do too. Um. Okay. So let us know what you thought about our curd nerds episode. What's um, your favorite kind of cheese? Let us know. Yeah. Do you like cheese? Are you lactose intolerant? If so, I'm so sorry. Just pop a lactate and you're fine. That's what Roy does, and really? Jennifer. Yeah, they're. Bo- I, it's funny because um, when I started working with Jen, she always used to talk about how when she would eat dairy products, she'd get a bad stomach ache. And I'm like, "Are you lactose intolerant?" And she's like, "What?" I'm like, "Are you lactose intolerant?" <laughs> like, didn't even intolerant? cross her mind. <laughs> yeah, and I said, "Here, because I, I keep lactates in my bag for Roy when we're out because he doesn't think about those things." Um, <laughs> He's so, a dude. Yeah. So I gave her one before she had her lunch and she's like, she ate some cheese and was like, I don't have a bellyache. I'm <laughs> like, you're lactose intolerant. Oh for my gosh. sure. So now she regularly takes lactate. Crazy. I wish we were sponsored by lactate. Wouldn't that be fun? Lactate sponsor us. We'll beep more stuff. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about butts less. <laughs> We'll probably, try. Probably not. Probably not. Can't That'd make any promises. Yeah. <laughs> we are who we are. Um, if you like who we are, I'd be very astounded. Um, but go check out the other podcasts within the Golden Mojo Entertainment Network of Podcasts. Monday, we have the Call Guys, pop culture, movies, everything we know and love from lots of eras. They cover plenty of eras mm-hmm. it's not just like modern um stuff um tuesday is golden, golden image podcast yes golden image coming podcast. for your ears interesting um they, they go, please. <laughs> i'm 
they go places so you'll want to. Yes. So um, go and listen to them if you want to. And then go do the to. thing. Yeah. Send, yep. tell, when you go do the thing, say, you know who sent me here? <laughs> Golden Image Podcast. Yep. And yep, go eat the food they ate. Eat this, get some cheese. Ask them if they have any weird cheeses. Um. Okay, now we're at... We're on Wednesday. Wednesday is the United States of Paranormal. So that's scary, spooky stuff. Um, And then Thursday is the Indiana Chiefs fans. They are on hiatus. It is the off-season. Look for them probably closer to August um, for the preseason, I'm assuming. Mm, Yeah, probably. Well, we'll go through the the draft. The draft. Yeah, if we don't do a draft party, we're figuring it out. Slowly. I just heard the you whole better bring ESPN cheese. We'll bring cheese jingle. and uh, like uh, cheesy popcorn and some uh, cheesy potatoes and definitely some cheesy corn and probably to some where? Cheetos. And if they're in Kansas City, Jeremy will handpick government cheese right out of the cave in Subtropolis. Right for you. Are you going to do that? Are you going to break in? Not now. You guys announced it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Just bleep the whole thing out. Just be like, <laughs> like that whole conversation. Cheesy potato tots. <laughs> potato tots. <laughs> um, okay, uh, we can't forget about Friday. Friday is a court of books and booze. It is. Um, they are uh, covering the Throne of... Wait, are they done with Throne of Glass? At this point, I don't know what they would be on. Right, Sorry. Oh, it. you're right. We're too far into the future. Um, we're not sure what they're reading, but check them out and, and find out. They're probably reading a book. Probably. I'm going to bet they're reading some book. Yeah. It is your na- friendly neighborhood basement book club. Basement book club. So what? grab a bottle of hooch and head to the basement. Yeah. There you go. Rakya. Get some Rakya. Some yeah, Serbian some Rakya. Nice cheese. Chianti. Chianti. Um, yep, uh, look us up on socials, just Google Murd Nerds, and there we are, pick your favorite social network, um, you can, (laughs) you can, you can, you can do that, that's, I'm not gonna tell you what to do, you do what you want, uh, that's, I, I, that's all I've got. Ashley's tired, Jeremy's tired. I'm so tired. My tummy's grumblies. Yeah, I feel hungry again, we literally just (laughs) ate, like. Two or three hours ago. Was it absolutely that long? not two or three hours ago? Was it way longer? Like more like five, six. <gasps> really? Mm-hmm. Oh, holy shit! Okay. Um. All right. Holy well, Swiss. <laughs> holy smoked Gouda. <laughs> all right. Well, if you like what you listen to here, check out the last couple episodes. We've been doing these parody episodes just for fun, for kicks. We like it. We needed a a break from. Murder. Murder. So we needed to do Curder. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you next week for the last and final episode of our parody month. Ashley's taking that episode by the reins. Should be interesting. Should be interesting. All right. Until next week. I'm scared. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Bye. Bye.